Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Aiden Cassiotis. I'm a business growth expert where I help business owners grow and scale to create wealth and freedom. And today I have an awesome guest. She's the co-founder of the Chaston Center, People Profits Connector, dynamic team dynamic expert, life coach specializing in loss, former CFO and CPA, international best-selling author and international speaker. She was a CPA and a limited company chief financial officer and senior manager in her corporate career for more than 25 years. And then in July 2011, her life changed forever when her 27-year-old son, Dan, suddenly and unexpectedly passed away at her back door. Within 15 months, she chose redundancy and began a personal, professional and spiritual journey culminating in becoming a Beyond Lost expert and co-founding the Chaston Center. And the foundation of all the Chaston Center programs bring clarity to all that has happened, assisting you to live a more meaningful life, one that is filled with joy, love, happiness, laughter, and fulfillment. And when individuals embrace these concepts, you will easily move behind any kind of loss and create a better everyday life. When companies embrace these concepts, they unlock the people and profits connection, providing tangible solutions that will help them to make the best possible product offer the best possible customer experience and build the strongest possible company. Welcome, Karen Chaston, and thank you for being on my show. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's awesome for you to be here too. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing show for everyone watching and listening today. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey. Well, thank you. Um, as you sort of just read out, my journey is a little bit unique in the fact that I was this corporate person. But, you know, when I was in my corporate role, I appeared very successful. I had what, you know, most people will go success, success, you know, success in the, in the form of I had this great career, which I loved. I had a house, the family, the cars, the overseas trips, all of those sort of things which we sort of deem as success. But I was dying inside. And I was unfulfilled. I had no meaning in my life. Every day seemed to be what I now refer to as like a Groundhog Day day. And I was in that Groundhog Day days where this is what life's about, you know, to have this career, to earn that sort of money. But there was something that I knew that I had this like drumbeat inside of me going, surely there must be more to life. Surely there must be more to life. Surely there must be more to life which sort of also happened to me when I was around 24 and I was in my 50s when when this was happening again. You know, in my family, you know, one of six girls and the boy was the last and I was, you know, born in the late 50s. So I was very much like grow up, get married, have kids, get your house. And I did all that by 24 and I was like, surely there must be more to life than this. And that's when I went and sought the career and all those other different things. But when Dan passed away in 2011, I did what most people do when we are faced with a major loss. I followed the old adage of keep busy, give it time, everything will be all right. And I went into my avoidance behaviours. I was eating too much. I was drinking too much. I was working too much. I was angry. I was suffering in isolation, even though all of my family were also grieving at the same time we all grieved very very differently and 
from the outside, everyone would thought, oh, yeah, she's fine. You know, she's fine. Because we all put on these personas, don't we? And we just, you know, let the world go, yeah, I'm fine. But, you know, fine is an acronym which has only recently come to me, which is feeling inside, not expressed. So let's think about that. How often do you ask someone, how are you? And they go, I'm fine. And now when I hear it, I step back and I go, are you? Would you like to talk? Would you like to find out more? Because most of us aren't fine. And that's what I've found in creating the Chaston Centre, in the fact that we... When I left my corporate life, which happened 15 months after Dan passed, I the company I was merging with was um, merging with the company I worked for was merging with another one. And during that merger process, they said to me, Karen, you're not going to be CFO in the new company, but you're going to be doing everything that you're doing now plus more. We love you. Come with us. And initially I went, yeah, sure, that's fine. You know, of course, what does it matter what my title is? I really love my job and I'm really good at it. Until they gave me my contract and I flipped to the salary page and it was two-thirds of what I was currently earning. And I went, I don't get this. I can't do this job part-time. And they went, it's not a part-time job. You know that. We've never really liked your sense of humour. And I just, And I'd already known in my heart that, I wasn't probably going to be able to work for the guy who was going to be the CFO. So very easy for me to choose redundancy at that point. And that's when I stopped and I looked at myself in the mirror and I went, I don't even like who you are. I don't like who you've become because you lost yourself in being that persona so let's find out who you are and let's become your own best friend. Yeah, powerful. Love that. And um, yeah, that that I love the introspection, that, that time and space that you gave yourself. And um, yeah, very, very powerful story. Obviously very unfortunate, um, but it sounds like, you know, with that, um, you know, that, that challenging situation, something has been born um, at the same time, which has been, um, you know, very awesome as well where you're able to make a, a big impact as well um you know which is the main thing there and um so i know that there's this, this people profits connection right there's this term that you've got um yeah. which sounds very powerful we've talked a little bit about it but i'd love that for you to tell us more about this and you know and especially you know how it relates i guess you know to the success of business too yeah so what happened was when i did that deep dive into me and i found who i was and i really it, it took me a while i'm still doing it. i think we do it our whole life but you know as we start to unroll that that onion peel we, we, there's more comes up and more comes up and that's what i feel our journey is all about our life complete life journey until the day we pass so i then developed I looked back at the way that I handled loss and I looked at the way that most people are handling loss. And most people are not handling loss. Most people have what I call a lack of loss intelligence. So because we don't know what to do, we don't know what to say, we don't know how to be there for someone else. And we say these silly cliches, which 
I used to say before Dan passed, but I would never say now because as I, as you continually have it come at you, you sort of go, what does that even mean? And the phrase is, I'm sorry for your loss. And I'm like, what are you sorry about? You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like, I, I get it. You have empathy for me and you can sort of feel into it. But if you ever look at a police show when they go and tell the family of, you know, someone has been killed or whatever, they say it like they've ticked a box. I'm sorry for your loss. And then they start talking about, you know, other things. So that in itself, and I started to go, you know, we don't do loss very well, especially in the West. And I thought I need to find a more loving way because the way I did it was really hard mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And I knew that I was just shoving things down through either food or alcohol or working too much. I was in those avoidance behaviors. And I thought there has to be a better way. So I went looking for a better way. And I grabbed a bit from here and a bit from there and a bit from there. And I just put my essence in it. And that's how I became up with my Beyond Loss programs, which are very confronting, as most people will say when they go through them, but they're very rewarding. They actually said it was really good to do that deep dive into them and to figure out their life's journey from a loss perspective. And they can then see that because they didn't cope with this loss back here, they then made choices which were not so ideal that if they had healed here, they would have made different choices. And really quite funny is I um, worked for the Commonwealth Bank. Um, the bank was my first, was one of my first jobs. And um, I had it went to a reunion and I, I left the bank pregnant with my twins. And Dan was one of the twins and, you know, Josh is going to be 40 next year. So I left quite a while ago. And when we went to this reunion and I said to my husband, look, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to walk around the room. If I don't see anyone, I'm going to walk straight back out. I ended up knowing half of the room and I was surprised. But, you know, through the afternoon of listening to people talking and stuff like that, and then they say, what do you mean you're a life coach who specialises in loss? What does that mean? And I would say, and I said this more than once, you know how you've been married four times. Well, if you had come to me after your first divorce, you probably wouldn't have had the next three. And they're like, ah, now I get what you do. So as I was working with people and really having these great successes for any kind of loss, and there's over 40 dif different kinds of loss, and that's what people don't understand. Most people think loss, death of a loved one, but there are so many and they are you know, death of a loved one, a divorce, separation, your job loss, your health, your wealth, your pets. And over the last few years in that pandemic that we've all experienced, loss of freedom, loss of choice, loss of status, loss of identity, changing work conditions, recreational and social activities, they're all losses and they're all grief-causing situations. But because we don't view it as a grief-causing situation, we start to go, there's something wrong with me. I just can't shake this. I just can't move on. I don't feel like I used to feel. It's because you're grieving whatever you have lost. So as I was working more and more with these people, I started to think, imagine how different my corporate life would have been if I understood people the way I understand profits. Like how different would have I been? How different would have the team dynamic been? And how different would have the we, the way we served our customers and our clients, how different would have that been? And it 
kept coming at me and I'd go, yeah, it would have been so much better. And then it was like, no, 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 you were there for a reason, right? If you were there, you've experienced it. You know how hard it can be. You know how um, challenging the workplaces can be when you're continually watching your back instead of everyone having each other's backs. And that's when I created the People Profits Connection because your profits are connected to your people. You know, your customers don't see the CEO when they come to your company. They don't see the CFO or the COO. They see your frontline staff. And when they are disengaged or apathetic, you are always going to have a hard time reaching your sales and growth targets, which has a flow-on effect to the rest of your company. So when you know how to fully engage your employees, there is a flow-on effect, not only in the workplace, but in the customer experience, in the shareholder experience, the supplier experience, and of course, to the bottom line. And that's what the People and Profits Connection is all about, is helping people to understand and giving them tools on how they can engage their people more. I love to say, give me your worst employee. I'll make them one of your best or I'll get them to leave, which is a win-win for everyone. Yeah, awesome. That was uh, so powerful, so much depth there as well. And I definitely want to delve deeper into a couple of things. One, one thing you said earlier, which is I think is extremely powerful, is identity, right? And I know this yeah. you know, with my clients because there's a lot of shifts that can happen. And you mentioned about all these different types of loss and, you know, like yeah. there's 40 of them, like you mentioned, but it could be, you know, you, you lose your job and you're starting a new job. It could be that you're, you know, quitting your job and you're becoming an entrepreneur, massive identity yeah. shift, right? Like yeah. th there's a lot of different ways or, or things that happen, like partners, like you mentioned, whatever it is. I think that's a really crucial piece to, to step into that new identity, whatever that is at that particular time. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about identity from yep. yourself and maybe some ways people can think about how they can, you know, make a shift in that so they can yeah, move forward. You know, loss of identity is the number one loss that comes up with no matter who I work with. You know, someone will come to me because of a divorce and we'll work through the process and they'll go, I've lost me. I lost me in that relationship. I I wouldn't dress. I, I dressed the way they wanted me to dress. I spoke the way they wanted to speak. Like the, the things we did was not what lit me up and made me perfect. But people have to understand that. They just think, you know, was it because of that person or, you know, was it because of that role? Have I changed? When I left my corporate life, as I said, I didn't like who I was. I had become this angry woman. Because there was all this stuff inside of me and I'm naturally a positive person and I hadn't even realised how, how I knew everything, no one could tell me what to do and I had become that person. So your identity is so important and I can give you a couple of stories and this was, and one of them, or actually both of them even happened before I even dived into loss, but they always stuck with me. And the first one was... I was working for a company um, and 
and we had a consultant come in and it was on the Gold Coast and he came in, it was in the late 90s and he came in and he he used to own seven McDonald's stores and he was now retired and he was doing a bit of consulting here and there and I said, oh, you know, how's it going and, you know, stuff, you're loving life, you're loving being retired and he goes, no, I hate it. He said, when I had seven McDonald's stores, I was someone. He says, now I'm just the old guy down the road who plays golf most days. And he says, I should have kept at least one. And it always stuck with me that he had his whole identity wrapped around being the owner of seven McDonald's stores. And like, let's face it, that's a great achievement. Only one is a great achievement when we all know how expensive they are to invest into. Um, but the thing is, he knew that his identity was wrapped with that. I, and before that, I worked at DreamWorld. And I worked at DreamWorld for a long time. And in the early 90s, it went into receivership. And one of our best bosses, his name was Ray, actually was, was in the fallout. He lost his job during that process. He was a senior manager and a few of them went. Unfortunately, the wrong ones went from the staff's perspective, which normally happens. And Ray's identity was wrapped up in his job. And Ray was 58 and he had this belief within him that he was never going to get a job as good as that. And through that, he, his health started to decline, his finances declined, and he got sicker and sicker and sicker. And within 15 years, Ray had passed. And it always stuck with me that when, so much so that when I was made, when I chose redundancy from my job, I knew that it wasn't going to bring me down the way it brought Ray down because I knew that I can do anything. And I was in my 50s. So I was of a similar age to what he was and, you know, midly 20 years later. But I also just knew that these two people, their examples to me, which had always stuck with me, was really important. So loss of identity First of all, we have to actually even realise we've got to look ourselves in the mirror and we have to say to ourselves, are you living your best life? Are you loving your life? What brings you joy? What brings you happiness? What gets you to jump out of bed every day and just go, I'm so excited about what I'm about to do today? And so often we're not because we're in this sort of pace Oh, well, I'll get that later. I'll do that later. I'll, I'll do that when I retire. You know, I have another example. One of my husband's friends, he went to, he met him when he was five in preschool and he retired. He retired at 65, uh, quite a few years ago now, probably about eight years ago. And he retired at 65 and went on a trip to Thailand, had a heart attack while scuba diving and died. So are we really going to wait till we retire? Because I don't know about your birth certificate. I don't have an expiry date on my birth certificate. So I don't know when that's coming. So why? what are we waiting for? And why are we so caught up in, I'll do that later. I'll, I'll be happy when I have. Or all these sort of things. Your identity is your responsibility. Unfortunately, a lot of the times we are, create, we are getting our identity from people or from things that we have achieved. But at the end of the day, you are a unique individual and you are the one who gets to decide who you are, how you behave and where you're going. 
And when you take that back and become more empowered within yourself, you will then get out of your own way and you will achieve anything that you is your heart's desires to achieve. Yeah, love that. Powerful stories of, you know, what can yeah. you know be an issue, but then, you know, how to, I guess, reframe that and step into that new version of yourself um, that you want to do. So um, yeah. that. You've got to decide who that is. You know, that's the hardest part is the stopping long enough to say, who do I want to be? You know, asking yourself those tough questions. You, the quality of your life will always come down to the questions that you ask yourself. And most people are just too busy to actually stop and actually say, is this what I want? Like, yeah, sure, I'm getting a whole lot of money or stuff like that. But then you look around the world at a lot of the great successful people, you know, and you can say they're, they're, they're standing tall and high on this big pile of money, but who's with them? You know, they've lost the family. They've lost probably two or three families along the way. They're, and they're not very nice people. You can see it in their face. You can see it in their stature. You know, they're being weighed down of the pressures of obtaining all of that. And that's the thing. You know, one example I think is always a great example of someone who has achieved but is still a great family man, and that's Richard Branson. You know, he's been married to the same woman for a long time and they married quite young and they have their family and he always talks about that. And if I think it's a great example for so many people. They get it to a certain level and they turn around and they just go, okay, I'm going to replace you with a younger version or, or whatever, men or women alike. But there's so much is so much nicer when they actually go, do you know what? We are starting to grow apart. Let's sit down and figure out how we can grow together. It's, you know, we came together for a reason. I've been married for 45 years and I'm telling you now, it's not easy. There's many ups and downs and, and different things. And, you know, let's face it, the person who I was at 21 is not the person who I am today. And if I am, there's something wrong with my life's journey. So it is about growing together and and also allowing each other to be our individual selves. Because when you're starting to tell people, you know, don't act like that, don't do that, don't dress that way, don't do that, and we slowly lose a little bit of ourselves, that's not a great relationship. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so powerful. And that's how, you know, I've been married for just over five years now, and that's definitely how I constructed it. I, um, I analyzed, I was single for 10 years, right, before I met my wife, yep. and I analyzed all of my friends and all other relationships to see what the issues were, right? And yep. I was like, okay, I need to make sure that I set this up right from the beginning. And one of them was to grow together. So all big events, personal development things, I, I, I do them with my wife, right? So that That's we amazing. are growing together. Now, not every single thing we can do together, right, because we do yep. other things. However, we update each other on stuff. So mm -hmm. it's like, hey, from one of my coaches or one of the, I learned this today or a training that I did that was smaller so that we still get an understanding and can still grow. We're not growing apart. We're just growing in a, in a different way, um, which still works. So I think that's a, a little tip. And I always said from the start that we need to have our own time. We're not going to be doing everything together because that's when this attachment happens and the identity can be connected right to the person too yes. much. Whereas I've got to have my boy time, you got to have your girl time. You know, yes, we're going to do a lot of stuff together, but we, then allows you to have that separate identity to be able to then 
yeah, enjoy your life at the same time, right? Well done. That is so smart and so observant of you because it's so true. The only one thing that I would add to that, you've also got to have your own me time. You know, when I was younger, I never really liked being alone, but I love it. I crave it. I'm like, you're going away for a few nights? Yay, I've got me time. And, you know, me time is so important because that's where you find your answers. That's when you get to be quiet and listen, you know, listen to your body and your body talks to you. And, you know, any disease in your body, will it will come back to some sort of emotional thing that's going in on your body. And it's, it's, it's just telling you, heal this and you'll be fine. You know, there's a great book that I always love to refer to everyone. And it's called The Secret Language of Your Body by, uh, what's her name, what's her name, what's her name? There she is, Inna Segal. Here it is. Look, I've even got it here. This is the most amazing book. It will help you to know who you are within your body. So any niggle, you look up the, the meaning behind it and it'll tell you, you know, are oh, you a little bit depressed about this or that or you're stopping yourself from doing this and you sort of go, yeah, that's right. So you heal that. Guess what? The niggle goes away. And the beautiful thing about it is the niggle will not then turn into some sort of disease. So, you you know, it is about knowing who you are mentally, emotionally, physically and spiritually. And the funny thing is, is in the people and profits connection, I have three factors. And the first factor is the you factor, where we do dive into you so that we do help you to dive into. And in the Chaston model setup, we have nine areas of life, which comes into four pillars. So we dive into all of them so that you can, just like you've done with your relationship and with yourself, is to go, right. To be successful, we need to, you know, look at where we are now and look where we want to be and then figure out what the steps are to make sure that that happens and we close that gap and close that gap continually. And that's what we do with the you factor because when people get to know who they are, there is no way that they can stay in an environment that isn't serving them, that is just eating away at them and the only reason that they're there is for financial reasons, which is not a reason to stay anywhere. That is actually just saying that that you, you don't matter. You know, you're, you're just there to pay the bills. And that's so oh, devastating for you and for everyone else in the workplace. And that's why I guarantee I'll make them one of your best or I'll get them to leave because I get them connected back to who they are. And when you know who you are and you know where you're going, you may stay a little bit longer just to make sure that you get all the skills required so that you can then go off and do what you're going to do. But it's you're a completely different person because you have goals. So you are there and you will start working because you have goals and a plan on when you're going to leave. But the plan is always to keep them there. But it's about reconnecting them to themselves. Then the second step is the no like, and trust factor. It's not a marketing ploy. It's a let's get to know, like, and trust everyone in our environment, in our workplace. Because when you know who you are on such a deep level, you then start to look at everyone else and you sort of go, they've got all that going on within them that I have going on within me. So let's get to understand who they are. Let's start to ask some questions, what has happened to you as opposed to what's wrong with you? Because the more you get to know people, the more you understand why they behave the way they behave. And then you go, okay, that now makes sense. They're not that 
total whatever I thought they were that are actually no in that position I, and I get them. And then the last factor is the resilience factor because when you know who you are and we know where everyone else are and we know we're all connected, we know we're going to where we are going together, we become more resilient. And because we're that team environment, we bring everyone else with us. And that's what I love about the People Profits Connection. Yeah, I love that. So powerful, um, all those different elements there, and they all stack on each other. And um, just let's just go a little bit deeper on the, on, on the team part, because you mentioned it before, right? And, you know, they, they, this is who they see in the company, right? And I think this comes a lot down to the culture, right, of what you bring yes. that company there. And so as a, as a leader and manager in a business, right, where, you know, you're there to foster this culture and, and grow it into something that, you know, people love to work with and yep. grow the business really, what are some things that, you know, we should know about this and, and to help us so that we can, you know, really, you know, have successful business as well? The first thing you got to do is you have to display your values everywhere, but you have to live your values. There is no point in having, these are the company values, but everyone else lives them and I'll, I'll just do whatever I want to. First of all, you have to walk and talk your values. The second thing is you have to step back and you have to get to know all of your employees. You have to start asking them questions. Now, the if that, I think there's like 12 factors as to why people become disengaged. And a couple of the few, the early ones are hear me, right? So people aren't being heard, right? See me, grow me, you know, value me and give me something that lights me up, like give me a job where I'm making a difference. Now, most people who are disengaged, they will go, well, no one listens to me. I, they, I used to share my ideas. I used to share my, you know, money-saving ideas and my money-more-generating ideas, but I was quietened down and I just stopped. And then the door got closed to me and I was told to shut up and just do my job. You know, just do what you're paid for do. We don't want this. But the thing is, the people who are there in the trenches, they know so much more if you ask them. If you turn around and you actually say to them, let me know. If this was your company, what would you do differently? They have so many ideas. Now, you don't have to follow all their ideas. But the beautiful thing about it is that when you listen to people and they can see that you really do care about them, they will then start to care about you and they'll start to care about everyone else in the workplace. And they'll start to see from a different perspective. You know, leaders are looking down at the company. They can see the whole plan. I guess you could liken it, you know, to a, a battle plan, a war battle plan, you know, where they have it all laid out, right, we'll move the troops here and we'll do this and then this will all work. So if you sort of started to look at that, that's why they're called a director. They direct everyone. Okay, so when you start to see the how it all fits together, show the employees how it all fits together. Because at the moment, they're sitting there going, I don't understand what they do. They they hardly do anything and they're paid so much more than me. And I just under, understand why we have that role. Now, that person is probably really, really good at their job and they do it very easily and very quickly. But you don't see the behind the scenes what they're doing. They're making their job look really easy. But if you understood how that intricate part of what they do fits into the design of everyone else, you'd go, oh, my God, they work so hard. 
It's just the, it's the way we see things. So allow all your employees to see the big picture. Also allow them to see their fingerprint on the design of something, whether it's a new procedure. If they have given you an idea and you're running with it, they can go, that was my idea. They're going to make sure that that is a success. As opposed to, this is the way we're changing things. Just do it. It, but it won't work. I don't care. It won't work. Just make it happen. Just make it work. And you're going, but it won't work. And therefore, you're going to make sure it doesn't work. So it's involving the people and really seeing them not as someone who's below you, but as an equal. Because I don't care who you are or what you do. Every single person is a sovereign being within themselves. And they are not lesser or above you and it's time that we all realize that just because someone has money or someone has this title it doesn't make them greater than us so it is about valuing your employees showing them that you care listening to them now i'm not expecting you to have them in there every five minutes but just set a dedicated time to right we're open to ideas Right? Initially, no one will say nothing because they're going, okay, what's going on here? Because they don't trust you. So gain that trust and watch how dynamic the workplace will become because they have a lot of ideas. No one is listening. No one is asking. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. So powerful, that element there in uh, in what you shared uh, for us to really yeah, take our business to that next level. And, uh, you know, you're a coach, I'm a, I'm a coach and mentor, right? We, we, we help a lot of other, you know, people and businesses to grow. And I'd love to hear from your perspective, how important has coaching mentoring been to you in, in your business and life and what has helped you to achieve? Yeah, I've, I guess, you know, I've never really thought of a lot of people as a coach's stuff or a mentor. They were just there for me. And look, I've had a lot of bad advice along the way. I think I'm pretty sure we all have. But when we get some really good advice, we really do value it. The best advice I got was back in 95 when I was working at Dreamworld and my CFO boss said to me, Karen, go and get your bit of paper. He says, you're never going to get paid what you keep telling me you're worth until you go and get that bit of paper. And it was the great advice I ever did. So I learned a lot. But not only that, I went to Bond University. I did a master's degree. I didn't have to do a undergrad because I'd worked for 20 years. I was 38. So it made such a difference. But it really did assist me to grow and broaden my world because it's, you know, Bond University is an international university and I was awoken to all of these different cultures, different people, different understanding. I grew up in a white Australia, you know, very narrow in a lot of what my friends and perspective was. So it just broadened everything for me. But it also gave me that mind where I would always ask. I've, I've always asked. I've always told people what I think. Um, and it's really quite funny. I'm only five foot one. So a lot of it, but I'm very loud. And that's what happens when you grow up in a large family. But, you know, and most people go, oh, my God, like we always know when Karen's around. But it's, you know, and but I will ask questions. I ask a lot of questions. And I think that's the best thing is that's the only way you grow is through asking questions. And but most people don't. They sit back and they just take it on. So yeah, I definitely agree. Coaches, mentors, 
people just giving you a different perspective. You know, so often in so many companies, you look at the leadership team and they're all, they all look different on the outside, but their thinking is all very similar. And, you know, if you've got someone who thinks the same of you, you've got one too many people. But unfortunately, a lot of them are, no, I'm just hiring like-minded people. And it doesn't grow. It doesn't get there. You need people to throw a different light on it to actually go, have you thought about it this way? You know, there's a, you know, I've had a lot of mentors who people didn't even know they were mentoring me through different programs I've I've gone through and things like that. And one of my major ones was Wayne Dyer, who I feel is one of the great philosophers, you know, of our century. He, he helped us to think differently. Well, sort of along the lines of Stephen Covey, but Stephen Covey was more, I guess, business directed, whereas Wayne Dyer is more personal you know, assisting you to grow in all areas of your life, assisting you to look different at things. And one of his great sayings is when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And as he said, it's not just a clever play on words, it's reality. If you step back and you go, okay, what's going on here? What if I looked at it from this way? And it's a great exercise around your beliefs. Now, a lot of the time, your beliefs aren't even your beliefs, but you think they're yours, but you've probably gained them from your parents or from society or from somewhere else. And then but if you do a belief exercise where you just take one belief and you go, is this true? And then you start researching, is it true? You will find as much evidence that says it's true that also says it's not true. So then you can go, well, is it true? Is it true for me? Is this belief serving me? And more than likely, it's not. It's holding you back. So you can go, okay, I can replace this belief because I've just got as much evidence that says it's not true as says it is true. And that's what I think is one of the greatest exercises that anyone can give to anyone is look at your beliefs because more than likely, your beliefs are holding you back. They're keeping you small and they're they're stopping you from using your voice. They're probably stopping you from even thinking and talking to yourself in a beautiful way. Because if you don't love who you are, you can't possibly love anyone else. And it was really funny as I was getting ready for our chat today, I was putting on my red lipstick and I have this belief about red lipstick. And it's a belief, but it's also a bit of a knowing that, you can't wear a red lipstick if you don't know who you are because it's it's a confidence thing. and it's But it's not a vanity thing. It's a confidence thing as in I know who I am and I like red lipstick when I'm talking because it just highlights that what I'm saying, I have confidence in what I'm saying. Like we never set up any questions. I just said ask me anything. I'm open to anything. And that's what I love is about knowing who you are and then assisting other people to find their most ideal self, their true identity. I feel that's why I have been through everything I've been through. It's why I worked in corporate. It's it's why Dan passed. It's so I could become who I became today. And sure, I'd love to have Dan here achieving what his brothers and his sister are achieving, you know, with their families and all those sort of things. And he was just starting to get his act together at 27. And he just went, no, no, I'm out of here. 
sort of thing. But I have to say, I'm closer to Dan than I am to any of his siblings. I say I spend every day with Dan. He He's the co-author of all of my books. He's the co-founder of the Chasen Centre because he's guiding me all the way. And it's okay if you don't believe any of that. It's as long as I believe it, that's all that matters. And believe me, he shows me every day that he is here with me. And what I do is so that I make sure that other people don't have to suffer through an ignorance of us never being taught how to move beyond any kind of loss. Yeah, so, so powerful, that section. Completely agree with all of that. And, um, yeah, Thank amazing you. with uh, how you've grown um, and how helping others um, at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah, I'm completely different. <laughs> Believe me, who I was in corporate to who I am today, completely different. Yeah, oh, wow. exactly. And, you know, what I would say to everybody is, right, is that, not all of your friends are going to be on the same journey, right? So you likely shed friends and I just drift, drifted. You don't have to like cut them off or anything like that because we want to grow ourselves. We want to do what we want to yeah. do, but not everyone's on that path. So be aware that you may have to let go to an extent of people because they're oh. not on the same journey. It will happen naturally. Um, and, and then other people will come into your life that are on yes. the same journey at the same yes. time. So be okay. You are so right. Honestly, the people and, and it's, it's they want to keep you where they are because, like, I just want to stay here with you. Like, we're having fun here. And I'm like, yeah, like I stayed at Dreamworld for 14 years because we were having so much fun. It was such an amazing place to work for. But, you know, we would say we'd entertain ourselves as much as we entertain everyone who came to the park. Um, but more importantly is you have to realise that you are you are a spiritual being who are here, who is here for a reason and you come into this world alone and you leave it alone and it's important that, that you achieve what you want to achieve and it's for everyone. Everyone is on that same journey, but some people just get stuck in whatever they are. And sure, we'd all love to be stuck in our 20s and having just fun and no cares in our worlds, but it gets a bit boring after a while. You, you, your natural ability to continually grow will sort of go, come on, let's get out of this comfort zone and let's grow because it is about growth and it is about realising that the older you get, every decade just gets better and better and better. And, you know, I'm in my 60s now and I love it because you really know who you are but more importantly, you don't care about anyone else, what they think about you. You care about other people, but from a personal perspective, you really do start to come into your own and it just gets better and better and better. And that's what I think the journey is all about. You know, as they say the three acts, that's definitely what the third act is about, is the fact that you know who you are and you know where you're going and you have that inner wisdom that, you just love to share with other people if they want to listen. And if they don't, that's fine as well. But you're so right. People will come in and out of your life. You'll be have one or two that will probably be there for most of it, um, you know, as in really knowing you and really caring about you and truly having your back and being, I guess, you one of your greatest cheerleaders. That's where it's so important. And it sounds like you have found that with your wife. So well done. Thank you. Um on another whole episode, uh, you know, we can go into it on another chat later, but I, I literally went to a group meditation event, asked for my perfect woman and manifested her instantly at that event. It's a totally agree. Yes. It, see, and it's true, but you see, you believe that. 
Whereas other people would go, that is just hogwash. There's no way that's true. But it's a belief. And when you really believe, you receive. And that's why it's so important that you believe the right thing. Because so that you can not only achieve your beautiful wife, but imagine everything else that's going to come your way in every area of your life. Yeah, yeah, love that. So powerful. And um been such a powerful episode today. So much value um, that you've given oh, thank today. You. And, um, you know, just as we're starting to wrap up, Karen, what one key piece of advice would you like to give to all the entrepreneurs watching and listening today? Know who you are and love who you are. I guess that's the most important thing. Most people don't know who they are. They don't take the time to dive into themselves mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, and know that you are a sovereign being. And whether you call it God or the superior being or the creator or whoever you want to call that essence, it lives within you. So you are worthy and you are here to achieve whatever you want to. Unfortunately, most people get stuck in their survival patterns that they never get into their thriving patterns. But you can easily go. And as you said, you might need a mentor or a coach and you might have several different mentors or coach. You know, I know a lot of people have three or four different coaches, you know, a business coach, a life coach, a relationship coach, a this or that, you know, a, a physical coach. Um, so, yeah, understand who you are, but understand all areas of your life and how they all come together and spend time in all of them each week. And it doesn't have to be the same amount of time. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to spend the same time thinking, you know, understand how do, how do you think? What and how do you feed that mental garden? You, you know, are you putting garbage in or are you actually feeding it with intellectual stuff that will assist you to become that person who you want to become? That's where it's really important that you know who you are. Because until you know who you are, how can you possibly know someone else? You know, how can you create that third identity of that relationship? You know, when two people come together and both people know who they are, they will then create that third entity of the relationship where, as you said, we can be together, we can grow together, we can be by ourselves or we can be with our own crowd, but we're still together in this relationship. And that's the best way to think of it. You know, the relationship is not all consuming. It's just part of who I am. Yeah. And it's important for leaders to understand that within their people. So often we expect them to come to work and leave their personal life at home. So we have nine areas of life in the Chasing Centre. So if you just wanted to be professional, you're asking them to leave 89% of themselves at the door and then pick it up when they leave. So you're actually having 11% of a person should rock up to work. You're now starting to understand why they're disengaged. Yeah, so powerful. Um, I love that so element there and um, so powerful to understand all those key areas, right, and what they're doing yeah. and um, how we're growing ourselves as well as our relationships and our businesses and everything like that. Exactly. Love that, Karen. And uh, yeah, well, thank we, you. yeah, we we connected through our network, so I learned about your awesome journey from, you know, being a CPA and CFO to founding the Chasen Center, um, you know, with the People Profits uh, Connection. And, you know, you're an amazing woman, so knowledgeable, so genuine, and and so so, so confident um, today with your red lipstick on and everything else um, of who you are. And I'm sure you continue to uh, assist people to understand the correlations between loss, 
change and living a fulfilling life and maximizing uh you know people and profits and very grateful that we connected i look forward to working with you so karen how can people find you and get in contact with you oh thank you well all the links are below but the best place is you can go to the chaston center which is the chastoncenter.com or you can go to link is my link tree link which i love because everything's all in one spot um and then you can very easily you know check out some videos that i've got there you can check out all of my social media posts but more importantly there's also a calendar link because if you find that there's anything that we've shared today resonates with you more than happy to have a conversation with you just to help you to become the best version of who you are yeah love that definitely check out karen guys all the links are there and um you know amazing woman um in what she's doing to really help yeah, people and and businesses grow at the same time and and thank you to everyone for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth and please like subscribe and leave us a five-star review and you can find me on linkedin facebook instagram and youtube as Aiken cassiotis or visit my website aikencassiotis.com if you want to grow and scale your business you can reach out to me in any platform to see if we're a good fit i completely agree with you or do i the only way we know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results.